the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is The Rob Black Show. The Rob Black Show is on social media, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Search The Rob Black Show. And now, Rob Black. Welcome in. Dog days of summer. Let's talk about investing and get right to it. I think we're staring the 4th of July weekend right in the face. Happens to fall on a Sunday, which is probably the worst day for a holiday, wouldn't you say? But if you're one of the 43.6 million people planning on hitting the road this holiday, skip the next thing I'm about to say. Gas prices are at the highest levels in seven years. As demand for fuel jumps, back to school is greeting parents with a big slap in the face. Not because it's time to already go back to school. It's not, but it's time to start thinking about going back to school. One of the big things this year is going to be the average parent spending per student is expected to be as much as $270 compared with roughly $250 in 2020. Parents of children in preschool are planning to spend as much as 32% more this year, while parents of college students will spend about 13% more. Those are inflationary numbers, right? It's interesting to note. Um, back to school is kind of a memorable tradition for a lot of people. I always kind of liked it. I always got bored by the end of summer, but don't tell the kids that, right? So what's back to school? It's probably a new pair of jeans, new pair of shoes, maybe some Air Jordans. You get the idea. May home sales rebounded to the highest level since 2005. Shocking even realtors. There's just a massive panic on we need a house. We got to get it now. We'll pay anything we have to pay. So we're seeing the average selling price going up, and we're starting to see anything that's out there being gobbled up. Pending home sales, a measure of signed contracts, jumped an expected 8% in May compared with April. Sales were up 13% when the housing market was just beginning to come back from the coronavirus lockdown of year over year. Okay. Tight supply of existing homes is a big factor. Strong demand is another one. Another story that we're seeing out there pretty aggressively is workers don't want to go back to work. More people plan to quit as return to work plans go into effect. Instead of heading back to the office in the wake of the COVID pandemic, employees may quit instead. It's called the great resignation. 95% of workers are considering changing jobs. That is a stunning number. Can I throw down one thing? Yes, can please continue and think about changing jobs. But don't go on a situation where you don't have a paycheck for two, three, four, five months. It adds up and hurts you financially. Elon Musk is whining and complaining. He calls rocket launch regulations broken. 
after aircraft delay SpaceX launch. SpaceX was seconds away from launching its 20th mission of the year when the countdown was halted due to an aircraft entering the launch range. And he was not happy about it. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. Um, I really don't. On one hand, he's like, we have to improve the environment. On another, he's sending rockets up to space, which is really not great for the environment. But then again, when the environment is dead and finished and buried, we do need to get off this planet in theory. I don't know. I'm not an environmentalist and I'm not, definitely not uh, smart enough to talk about those kind of issues. Not all recessions have been created equal. We've come out of the 2020 recession, which again, lasted maybe two to four weeks as far as like just massive shutdown. And then it kind of, you know, had a little play on both sides with, with spending. But U.S. households added $13.5 trillion in wealth in 2020. The biggest annual increase on record in 2008 when we had a recession. Recession. Households lost $8 trillion. Uh, again, is it the haves versus the have-nots? Probably a little bit going on there, right? A little over a year ago, hundreds of planes were parked in deserts. And airports were as deserted as library after finals week. New one was out there. Yesterday, United Airlines just placed its largest plane order ever and the biggest of any airline in a decade. It added 270 Boeing and Airbus aircraft to its fleet, 200 Boeing 737 Maxes, and 70 Airbus A321s. That's, do you remember when we were talking maybe a year ago about how many Boeing cancellations were piling up and piling up and piling up? And how they didn't know where to store the 737 Maxes that they were making because no one was buying them or taking delivery. They were storing them in parking lots. It, it was some really funny photos because when you see a plane in a parking lot, you're like, well, I know what a car is. And then you see a plane in like 75 parking spaces. You're like, oh, it's much bigger than a car, isn't it? U.S. passenger numbers have recovered to 75% of pre-pandemic levels. Southwest is asking their stewardess or stewards to take double overtime during the 4th of July weekend so they don't have to cancel flights. Last year, United lost seven-plus billion dollars and received billions in government aid to continue paying employees when they had no work to do. It expects July to be its first profitable month since January 2020, so demand is coming back. It's interesting to note, you know, I talked about United Airlines placing a big order for planes. They're going to add 75% more premium seats, i.e. more legroom and first-class space. A seat-back TV screen for all passengers and overhead bins big enough to fit a small kindergarten class in. No, that's not true. And by the way, don't pack kindergartners in the overhead bins. I don't think I need to say that, but I should probably say that just in case. Later today, I'm in my boss's office, Robert. And he is to... Uh, what's the word? Uh, empty to actually say it to my face. So he'll write it down. He'll say, look what you said on the air today. You talked about putting children in. Uh, yeah, okay. I'll just move on. Probably a good idea. Um, a key national home price index yesterday 
We know it skyrocketed 14.6%. What was stunning about it was home prices in cities like Phoenix, San Diego, and Seattle all up more than 20% year over year. Which means essentially if you're house hunting now, you better be asking over or you're likely not going to win the bidding war. Now, the nice thing about winning a bidding war, and I know this is going to sound very odd, is sometimes you pay 100 to 200. I've seen a person in Berkeley last week pay over a million over asking. You've just become a comp. So in the future, all your neighbors should give you high fives. If you're that person who did that million over, because in the future, realtors are going to go to their appraisers, and the appraisers are going to look at the numbers, and they're going to say, okay, we sold one house for a million over, two houses for 200,000. So let's add that up. That's 1.4 divided by three. The average home is going for 400,000 over. You just became a comp. It's pretty bubbly out there right now, but you're still a comp. SpaceX's Starlink is making progress towards supplying broadband internet to the world. Elon Musk is talking about that again today, saying that they're losing money. They're going to need about $30 billion to eventually bring the internet to even the most rural corners of the globe, i.e. an IPO will be coming down the road. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. That's robblackshow.com. The Rob Black Show is on social media, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Search The Rob Black Show. You ready for some stock market trivia? What state was the most moved to state in early 2021? I'll give you a second. I'll give you a second. LeVar Burton, I'll take what's uh, U.S. states. What state was the most moved to state in early 2021? It's Nevada. Interesting, right? Nevada is also known as the silver state. It's the nation's most moved to according to migration data. It's one of a handful of states gaining residents at the current spate of interstate migrations. More than 54% of Nevada's moves were inbound. 46% were outbound. With the rise of remote work, a lot of people have fled California, and boom, it's right there. First state we bump into. Nevada's proximity to California is a major contributor to success. Um, in large part, high income from California is trying to settle down in Nevada with uh, no income tax, with just cheaper cost of living. Um, property, um, I, they probably have an income tax. It's property tax that they don't, that's not out of control. Um, actually, I'm going to scratch that whole segment out of my head and go, Reno is only slightly more expensive than um, Vegas. Vegas, Reno, where else you can start? Yeah, you start getting into the Hendersons, and you're like, ooh. It's always interesting going into Reno when you're staying in Truckee or Lake Tahoe. You go into Reno, and first gas station you see, you get out and you get gas, and uh, you see a dude with a cowboy hat, cowboy boots, and a holster, and you're like. I think he's got a holster. He might be the sheriff. And he's just a typical <laughs> resident of the state. So people are rethinking their 
life decisions. Nevada has no state income tax, a characteristic Nevada shares with four of the top 10 inbound states. A lot of Americans are fleeing their state for states with no income tax. Property taxes in Nevada are relatively low as well. As more people move there, crime in theory might go up. Um, Nevada's state sales tax, it's on the higher end of the averages in the United States at 6.85%, but it's not crazy. Compared to California's typically 10% sales tax, again, depending on what county, it can get kind of egregious. So the number one state Americans are moving to, Nevada. I bet you never thought you would hear me say number one and Nevada in the same sentence. I'm just being mean, right? Listen to this crazy statistic. Half the world owns a smartphone. Now, when I say that, I, I can get offensive and I can say, you mean even the kids in Ethiopia who are starving? Yes, half the world owns a smartphone. You mean even the Russians who are drinking vodka up in the Arctic Circle? Yes, half the world owns a smartphone. Some 4 billion people today use a smartphone. It's taken 27 years to reach this historic milestone. Um, I don't know what I want to say about that other than Google's pretty dominant. Apple's pretty dominant. I would say Samsung, but Samsung's got Apple envy. Don't you think that they wish they could make the profits that Apple does or Apple do's or Apple succeeds at? <laughs> I'm killing my own words today. I'm killing them. 800 um, calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Some of the stocks that we should be taking a look at right now is Joe Biden's infrastructure plan. They've reached a deal on a $1.2 trillion infrastructure plan. It still needs to go through the House and the Senate. But that's a lot of do-re-mi. It's a lot of cabbage, whatever you want to say. $312 billion for transportation. $65 billion for broadband. $55 billion for water infrastructure. $47 billion for resilience spending to deal with the effects of climate change. There's a sector ETF tied towards industrials. Ticker symbol is XLI. You'll see that it's already gotten a boost. It's probably not as sexy as um, a new smartphone coming out. But $1.2 trillion is a lot of money over 10 years. Union Pacific is a name that people are taking a look at because they're an industrial transport company. Dividend yield is about 1.96%. I would own Union Pacific if you were to say, would you own Union Pacific? I'd say, sure. And you'd say, do I have to put a gun to your head? I'd be like, no. It's not sexy. But I like the way it's performed in the last year. I like the way it's performed in the last five years. And I like the way it's performed in the last 10 years. I'm okay with that. It's better than money in the bank. I still like Deer and Company. Ticker symbol D E. Yields about 1.03%. It's primarily known as an agricultural play, but they've got significant construction machinery business as well. There's a company that I don't talk about often, but every five years I see it. 
And when I try to talk about it, it's just not interesting enough for me to make a story out of it. Jacob's Solutions. I think they used to be called Jacob's Engineering. I could be wrong on that. Now I'm right. Okay, good. I feel better. Ticker symbol J. That's a good t- – that's an interesting ticker symbol. No? Um, what they do is large-scale infrastructure projects. So they've been doing them for years, and they've been doing them for years and years and years before the federal spending bill gets pushed through and we start seeing, quote-unquote, the infrastructure stimulus package. In the last couple of years, Jacobs Engineering or Jacobs Solutions, it's both. It's really an odd way of putting that. Um, they made a big pivot out of some of the construction work that they do, out of mining and energy. So if we needed a gas fracking well, that's what the company can do. Um, if you needed a base set up in the middle of the desert for troops in the United States, that's something they can do. So they're very, very good at engineering solutions. Ticker symbol is J. Again, those are some infrastructure plays. I'm not telling you to do it. I'm telling you that it's pretty darn intriguing. I'm going to be honest here. I want to do a quick rundown. I think Richard Branson's um, going up the wrong tree. He's a billionaire. He's done Virgin Galactic. Virgin Galactic, I think, is ahead of itself as far as the stock goes. 600 people on the wait list. Interesting to get a glimpse of the curvature of the Earth 56 miles up. I don't see that as a really sustainable business. I like SpaceX. Blue Origin from Jeff Bezos feels more like a vanity project. I know, Elon Musk, rock, scissors, paper. He wins. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. That's Rob Black Show. It's all social media and YouTube as well. This is The Rob Black Show. Taking a look at the markets today, we've got a little bit of mix going on. Russell 2000 and the NASDAQ both in the red. The Dow Jones Industrial Average 30 and S&P 500 both in the green. We continue to hit record highs, it feels like, on a daily basis, almost on a complacent level. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, how are you today? Hey, good morning, Rob. I'm doing fine. Thank you. How's summer shaking out for you? You enjoying so far? I, I am indeed. In fact, got off to a good start a few weeks ago with a visit to uh, lovely Southern California. Uh-oh. What'd you do here? Well, I was uh, out there uh, seeing all parts of it. So San Diego, Santa Barbara, Newport Beach, showing the family uh, some of my old stopping grounds when I grew up in Long Beach as a child. Oh, interesting. I did not know that about you. Santa Barbara's lovely, mm-hmm. is it not? It sure is. It was our, our favorite spot on the, on our little driving tour. <laughs> Interesting note. I think they set up the city incorrectly. They put all the restaurants going away from the beach um, and nothing on the beach. But I digress. Um, let's move forward and let's not talk about our uh, favorite stomping grounds. Let's talk about our stomping grounds at work. Uh, the S&P 500 keeps hitting regular 52-week highs. 
almost on a complacent level, it's, I don't know, is it too good to be true? Are we melting up or is this just working higher based on earnings and fundamentals? Well, the trend is, is your friend, is, is what is always said. And, um, you know, one thing that has kind of helped uh, market participants stay wedded to this uh, upward bias is the persistence of low interest rates. You know, that's been the factor all along, um, whether you're talking about the policy rate or whether you're talking about market rates. Uh, remarkably, the yield on the 10-year note uh, has come down about 30 basis points this quarter. Uh, we're under 1.5%. Uh, which is um, you know less than the uh, the dividend yield, um, but you know uh, just it's it's sort of this this Tina uh, gal just won't go away, right? There still this mentality that there is no other alternative right now uh, with interest rates so low, and then to keep pressing into uh, into stocks, uh, which could potentially be you know a better inflation hedge, or which simply just you know uh, look more appealing from a potential multiple expansion standpoint with all of the liquidity that's out there that can chase prices higher as long as interest rates stay low. I feel like I'm personally at a loss because when I sell something, I look at my portfolio a couple of days later and it's already higher and I haven't been able to use that cash. Um, it's a good problem to have, but yet it still feels like a nagging problem in the back of my head. But I won't bring the world down with this. Your page one today, one of the things you put in bold, obviously, very fascinated, uh, well-followed, well-known stocks, Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, and Facebook, basically leading the charge. Are we back into big tech uh, in control or the financials? They had a very nice uh, last five days. Um, who's our market leader and, and what's that tell you? Well, um, it, it's more of that kind of rotation factor that uh, we've seen uh, throughout this year, right? You know, you started the year off, obviously, with, you know, cyclicals and value, you know, really taking off. And, and now they've cooled off a bit and you've had the, the transition back to these high quality uh, growth names, right? And, and it's understandable because, you know, as we look to the back half of the year, you're clearly going to get a deceleration in growth. Um, and, uh, and I think that, uh, you know, with valuations being at relatively high levels uh, from a market standpoint, um, you know, there's just sort of a more of a, a defensive rotation into these high quality names. You know, um, they have not disappointed. And so there's a presumption that they will continue to impress with their operating performance. And obviously, they have such massive market caps that, um you know, the weight of those names when they all go up in unison can truly make a, 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 a difference for, for the broader market action. Um, so I think that an important point to remember here is while you're going to see a peak in growth rates, um, the, the slowdown from those growth rates is, you know, it's, it's still going to be okay, right? That was a point I made in my big picture column on Friday is that, uh, um, is that, you know, you're still looking at above trend GDP growth uh, for some time yet, uh, even through 2022. The Fed okay. is forecasting 3.3% growth, uh, which is above about the uh, 2% or so growth rate we saw in the 10-year period from 2010 to 2019. Um, you know, earnings growth, the same thing, right? Um, you know, we're, we're going to 
peak here above north of 60% EPS growth in the second quarter, which is just phenomenal. Uh, and you can't repeat that. And, and you know, we'll taper off some in, in the third quarter. But, you know, overall for the year, you're looking at 35% year-over-year growth, according to FactSet. And then as we look out into 2022, that's followed up with uh, roughly about 11 12% EPS growth, which doesn't look great, you know, relative to a 35% growth rate. But when you factor in the tough comparisons that will come into play in 2022, uh, you know, there's nothing nothing to sneeze at when you're getting double-digit EPS growth. And so, you know, the market continues to find fundamental reasons to, to stay invested here. Uh, we touched on the one earlier, which was the persistence of low interest rates, and now add into the mix the understanding that uh, there's still a belief that you're going to get solid EPS growth uh, into 2022. Taking a look at the employment report, one of the big stories we keep seeing in financial media recently is people don't want to go back to work. People are planning on quitting uh, to the tune of 95% of jobs that people have not come back to yet are questionable for the financial media. And it's, it's weird to say that out loud. Uh, more people plan to quit as return to work plans go into effect. It's called the great resignation. Could that become a problem in your mind? Or is that just financial media doing what financial media does, creating a story for the week or the day to get us to next week? Well, I, you know, you got to work eventually. Eventually, you got to pay True. bills and, and all of all of that. So, yeah, it's a little bit uh, almost amusing, you know, to hear that, you know, to kind of create this sense of things that, like, you know hundreds of millions of people are just going to say, we're done, right? <laughs> and just put their feet up on the couch and play video games at home. That's not going to be the case. Um, you know, and of course, there's the the argument out there that the, you know, extension of the enhanced unemployment benefits is acting as a disincentive to return to work. Well, uh, whether you believe that or not, um, I guess the rubber hits the road there, you know, in September when those benefits do expire and, and you know, uh, and, and you'll see, whether you know there is more uh, a stronger return to to work factor there, um, but uh, you know there's uh, plenty of job openings as we know, um, and uh, you know you know think that you know ultimately we should continue to get some pretty solid job growth here through the back half of the year, uh, which you know again it's all relative and may not look so great relative to the you know the initial rebound months. But it's still, you know, likely to be pretty good, all things considered, as we uh, continue to recover from the uh, the losses that were suffered in the uh, early stages of the pandemic. I'm not on my A game today, so I'll ask you, what are you working on right now that you think we should be paying attention to? What am I missing as far as questions today that we should be focusing on? Well, I think, you know, one trend that's become apparent here in the second quarter, we did touch on a little bit uh, today, Rob, is just the idea that you have these high-quality growth names that are back in a leadership position. Um, and, you know, one of the points we made in our market uh, outlook piece at the end of 2020 for this year was that, you know, there's a reasonable basis to think that you would see some good leadership from the cyclical names and, and those areas that had been uh, kind of trailing for, for a long time. And, and sure enough, we did get that. But but the added point we, we made, too, is that you still need to maintain what uh, has been referred to as this barbell approach, where you need to also still have a good balance of growth in your portfolio along with value, a uh, good balance of large cap versus small cap, and so on and so forth. 
And the returns year to date are pretty much uh, playing out to exactly that uh, that perspective, right? You've got double-digit gains in all the major indices, and, and that, again, is being fed by the persistence of low interest rates that helps all boats rise at the tide. But, you know, we don't think that it's time yet to abandon that barbell approach either um, because rates are still low, earnings growth is still pretty solid across the board, uh, and there's nothing yet that has really upset the apple cart in terms of the market's, uh, you know, bullish mindset, um, something that could switch switch it on a more permanent basis. So uh, so you're going to see this continued rotation, we think, throughout the back half of the year. And that's why we would suggest still being balanced in a barbell kind of way between growth and value. It's a fun time because when we hit record highs, I think there's a good feeling out there. I appreciate you joining me, Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com, fresh off a little vacation to Southern California. Hopefully you come to Northern California next time and check out wine country so I can buy you a nice bottle and say thank you for all your work and efforts that you've put into the show over the last 20 years. It is appreciated and it is insightful. Thank you very much. Um, you can find Patrick O'Hare at briefing.com. I think it's a great source of domestic and international content. Sometimes it's tied towards the economy. If you're an economist, you can find information here. If it's the IPO market, you can find that. If you're looking for story stocks, you can find that. Uh, earning calendars and much, much more. You can track your own portfolio. So when there's breaking news, it tells you what it is. Solid, solid content at briefing.com. Stocks open mixed today, the last day of the quarter. The 10-year treasury yield trades lower, showing you a lack of uh, economic leadership, maybe. Value stocks slightly outperform growth stocks today. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. You can find briefing at briefing.com. This is the Rob Black Show. I want to extrapolate a little bit about what I was talking about earlier in the show. I think there's three space companies that everyone kind of sees in financial media on a regular basis. It's Sir Richard Branson's space travel company, Virgin Galactic. From what I can tell from the work that I've done on the company, it doesn't really seem to have a commercial angle other than the the tourist angle. So I don't see a lot of business going up in space. Maybe, I don't, but I don't see it. He wants to get paying customers. Right now, there's 600 people on a wait list eager to glimpse the curvature of the Earth. 56 miles high in the sky. Um, that's a good waiting list when you're asking people to drop $200,000 on the flight. Now, we know Elon Musk is going up. Not Elon Musk. Excuse me. Jeff Bezos is planning to go up on July 20th, which as we look, we're almost in July. We've got about 12 more hours left in June. Then the year's halfway over. And then we can say 20 days till Jeff Bezos goes up in a blue origin rocket for something like seven or eight minutes of thrill. Strangely, I think we're all going to be watching. I think it's going to be a highlight of July because it has that, what if a billionaire dies in this stupid pursuit of going up in space for seven minutes? We all are, we all are thinking it. Like, wouldn't that be a waste of like, oh, you just hit the lottery. You made a billion dollars. You got multiple billions, multiples of multiples billions. So I don't think Virgin Galactic looks like a business model to me. 
to me it looks cute but i don't really see 600 people actually going to space and i don't see that price tag as being conducive to regular people ever getting there for in lieu of a trip to vegas as their jolt of the year i don't know i could be wrong now, if you were to say, hey, Rob, I can fly you from New York to Paris in three hours, I'm in. I'm all about the, the, the speedier travel across the planet. I think that's a business model. I think in the end you can get people who value time and they're willing to say, you know what, instead of an $800 ticket, I'm willing to pay $2,000 for that trip to save me two hours. Time is money. I can see it. But I don't get the space. So if I were to rank the space companies that I'm interested in, SpaceX is number one. They're doing big work already for NASA. Next, I'm going to say maybe Blue Origin. But to me, that still feels like Jeff Bezos has got a little bit of a vanity project going on because it's well behind what SpaceX is doing. And then Richard Branson's uh, Virgin Galactic, it's cute. I'm just not buying it as a business model. So I, I just wanted to hit that one more time. And maybe you could spend five minutes today debating in your head, nah, I think Rob's wrong. I'm fine being wrong. It happens all the time. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can and will talk about. Epic Systems, the country's leading e-health record company, says an algorithm it developed can accurately flag sepsis in patients 76% of the time. Sepsis is a life-threatening disease which rises from infections. It's a major concern for hospitals. One-third of patients who die in hospitals have sepsis. When you die in a hospital, it's not a good thing. It's really weird. My dad died in a hospital. And every time I drove by that hospital for the next few years, I was like, whoa, my dad died in that building. Bank of America is lifting its dividend by 17%. J.P. Morgan Chase increased their dividend 11%. Citigroup said its dividend would be at least 51 cents a share. It's already 51 cents a share. Spoiler alert, that's not a big move. But Goldman Sachs boosting their dividend by 60%. Let's just say I like it a lot. I like big banks as anchor tenants in a portfolio if – you have 10, 20, 30 years. I think banks have a place in it. If you're looking for instant gratification, look elsewhere. Listen to a little update I did on retail. In 2018, 9.8 million people uh, worked in retail. Now, 9.8 million people in the United States equals 6.3% of the labor force. More than 50% were between 16 and 34 years old. In working in retail. So it's, it skews younger and it skews towards women. I suppose if I was having trouble meeting a lady, maybe I'd go clothes shopping this weekend because 56.5% of people working in retail are women. Black people make up 12.5% of the retail workforce, but held 11.4% of jobs overall. Hispanic people make up 18.7% of the retail workforce. We're talking a lot about retail right now in large part because of wage inflation and people going back to work and not wanting to. Amazon's got a new diversity target for their labor force. 
That includes hiring 30% more women in senior technical jobs and doubling high-level black employees. Gap and Walmart have made promises to improve representation within their ranks. So it's a little bit of a thing going on, which totally good with. One area that I'm starting to brush into just so I can be prepared every day to give you insight and second opinions is the Bitcoin environment. I think I'm saying that right. The community maybe is a better way of saying it. 49% of the Bitcoin community share Elon Musk's concerns about environmental issues with the coin. Must stop accepting Bitcoin as tender for purchases due to Bitcoin's environmental impact. Then the price of Bitcoin started falling. To me, it feels very, very weird. There's two sectors that I've had to really delve into. The Reddit community and the Bitcoin community. I can't ignore it. For the first time in five years, North America beat the Asia-Pacific region in growth of incredibly wealthy individuals. Interesting, right? You probably didn't think I was going to close on that. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. That's all social media. Links into Rob Black Show. Make sure you subscribe when you're at that said social media. I'm Rob Black. This is the Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.